Welcome to The Unapologetic Woman. I'm your host, Pyle Berry. With over a decade of a blended experience in clinical psychology and global leadership development, I've dedicated my career and life purpose to empower women to believe I deserve a seat at the table and it's about damn time. But how do you create synergy between who you are and how you lead? On this podcast, we address that inner critic holding you back, release narratives that no longer serve you, and explore how to use your leadership platform to make an impact around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Simply put, I cut out the bullshit. I'm here to share inspiration, practical tips, and have challenging conversations with other badass individuals who are shifting the narrative for all women. So let's stop apologizing for who we are and rise together as the unapologetic woman. Hello, and welcome back to the last episode of The Unapologetic Woman. Yep, this is going to be the last episode named as The Unapologetic Woman. When I first started as an entrepreneur, and I had no clue to what I was doing, I hired a business coach, and they asked me one question. What message, what purpose do you have to show the world? And it was a simple answer for me. It was empathy. It was everything that I've ever known. It's what I do. It's what I feel. It's what I believe. And it's what I believe that we need more of in this world to shift the way that individuals, companies, and leaders lead through the lens of empathy. And it's not just about the way that we treat each other. It's not just about the way that we think. It's about the impact that we're making in our world, in our society, directly to the communities that we serve, the responsibility that we have to them, and how it opens doors to innovation. It opens doors to ideas and thoughts that may perhaps have been completely missed. And it was clear to me through my personal experiences, through my research that I've done, that and my work experience as a clinical therapist and a global leadership consultant, how critical empathy is in the role of the way that we build our relationships, the way that we see each other, the way that we feel about each other, and the way that we connect. Somehow, over the course of the few years, we've really shifted away from empathy and divisiveness has become way more evident. People want to be seen. They want to feel heard. And empathy allows and opens that door to reduce that shame that many of us carry, regardless of where it shows up and what it comes out as. And my work in The Unapologetic Woman was, and still is, to empower empathy as the cornerstone to your leadership, the quality relationships, the innovative thought, the way that we connect our responsibility to humanity, our consciousness. And I work deeply with women and with organizations that desire to empower women leaders. But it became even more clear to me how we also need to include the others in the conversation to empower empathy and to see empathy as a cornerstone and the lens that we need to lead through. And the only way to do that is 
for us to have a conversation, for us to be able to take empathy, not just as a word, as a theory, as an idea, but to bring it into behavior, to bring it into as a tangible experience. And as I was working with women over the course of the last couple of years, and as I was working with organizations and developing that confidence for women to see that those who were highly empathic had something really, really like a superpower almost that they weren't tapping into because of the stigma and the misconception that empathy is soft. And once I help them see that the more that they actually hold on to empathy and the more that they actually see through their lens of that and really build and harness their emotional intelligence, they are tapping into a skill that majority of companies are paying billions of dollars to develop in their already leaders. See, the way that our business has been led over the course of the last hundred years, we've transitioned multiple times from different styles and modalities. And what was always considered the norm at once is now starting to be identified as one of the critical issues of why talent isn't developed, why talent becomes harder to retain, why innovation may actually lose. And that is because leaders sometimes become out of touch with reality. Narcissism takes place over and individuals feel direct reports or you know, even in your personal life, right? Like someone who's younger than you may feel that they're not able to actually speak with you, talk to you and give you perspective. What it does is it actually separates and develops a deeper gap between your self-perception of you along with how you're perceived by others. And that gap becomes so critical in the way that you are feeling heard, you're feeling seen, and you're being experienced. And as companies and, you know, leaders in the companies are starting to recognize how critical emotional intelligence is, it's starting to become less of a trend and more of a must-have, less of a nice-to-have and a soft skill and more of a critical cornerstone to the success of an organization. As a therapist or when I was a leadership consultant, the consistent theme that I heard, regardless if it was an executive director or an adolescent that we were advocating for at the nonprofit, I would continually hear from them, I feel like I'm not heard. I feel like I'm not accepted. I'm misunderstood. I'm struggling with understanding their perspective because it's so different than anything I've experienced and I just don't get it. And we get so stuck in that thought of like, I just don't get it. I just don't understand. And what happens is that because we're so in our own heads and because we haven't actually taken that first step, the first step of my three pillars, actually, compassion for self, where we stay more in tune with ourselves, we get to know who we are. We bridge the gap between the way that we see ourselves and the way that we're perceived. We find alignment. We create and know our values very clearly. Until we actually engage in that, it becomes very difficult to have empathy and to connect with others because we're so absorbed in ourselves. 
And that's where that challenge of empathy comes in. It's not that empathy doesn't exist. It's not that empathy is too soft. It's that we don't understand empathy until we understand ourselves. And once you understand yourself, once you give yourself that compassion, once you release that shame, that is when you can actually step into understanding what it means to have empathy for others without personalizing it, without being defensive, without making it about what does this mean for me, without considering it an attack, without looking at it as it's their opinion versus mine, but looking at the core issue of what's going on in the root of it. By seeing that, I may not really understand exactly that same scenario, but what I do feel is their sadness, their frustration, their heartache, their happiness, their excitement. And I can tap into that moment when I had that sadness, that frustration, that excitement, that happiness. And that is how I connect with them. And then it opens that door to finding out, tell me more, walk me through your experience, help me understand. And when we open ourselves to that, it helps us get more creative. It helps us get more ideas. It helps us accept ourselves and others in a collective way. And this is where the third pillar of my work, accountability for both, becomes so important. Because as leaders, as a mentor, as someone who is just older than the younger generation, someone who's being looked up to, what happens is that at times, because of your success, because of the title that you may hold, because of the way that you're perceived, someone else may not be feeling comfortable or think it's acceptable to come and hold you accountable. And this is where it becomes so important that as we hold ourselves accountable, as we continue to develop our skills, it's really important that we also allow our direct reports, our younger generation to hold us responsible as leaders. And this is what helps to bridge that gap. Because as leaders, the higher up we go, you know, you get put on this either pedestal or you get into this bucket where it's like, well, I can't say anything to them. They're higher than me. You know, there's that respect level. But when you open that door to letting someone know, hey, I'm also human. I'm also working. I am also figuring this out. And I want you to let me know. What happens is we start to get back in touch with reality. We start to understand what it is that our talent needs, what our people need, what our society needs. We're in the field, we're in the trenches with them. And when you hold yourself accountable and you create this space without giving the fear of repercussions, you cannot even believe how it will make that person feel seen. It will build your relationship. It will actually create more respect. I'll give you an example. When I first started in corporate world years ago, my first leader was actually a first-time people leader. And this was a completely unheard experience because most people wouldn't have done this, but it was something that was really important to me. My manager had told me that he really wants me to speak up in meetings. He really wants me to talk and share my perspective. However, every time that we were in meetings, and we're in meetings with like directors and VPs and all of that. And he wanted the ideas that I was sharing with him in our one-on-ones to be actually at the table as well. 
which is a great honor, right? Like my manager clearly believes in me. He thinks that I've got some really great visions and wants to build more visibility for me. Fantastic. However, when we were in a meeting and he was really urging me to talk, as soon as I spoke up, he looked down, looked at his BlackBerry and yes, it was the days of the BlackBerry. He looked down at his BlackBerry and started messaging. And in his mind, it wasn't that he wasn't supporting me. It was that he was multitasking. He was trying to be as efficient as possible. What he missed the mark on is that because my own manager wasn't listening and paying attention, why should anybody else? It took me a moment to catch myself because I could notice that my doubt started increasing. It was my first time speaking in front of really high level leaders and I was nervous. Well, after that, I actually didn't speak up for the next few meetings. And he asked me in our one-on-one, how come? What happened? And I told him that when you are on your BlackBerry, and I know it's with good intention, it's sending the message that you don't care, so why should anybody else? And I could see that the other people's eyes were also drifting. So for me, that was a message clear that my message isn't that important. And it made me a little bit more recluse. So he heard, he understood. And after that day, he never was practicing efficiency in the sense of being in a meeting and encouraging, however, not listening. He started paying attention. He started listening. He started to also advocate for what I was saying, encourage that. And there was a shift in the way that the other leaders then were perceiving me as well. It's that little shift. The fact that I told my manager how I felt, how his action was actually creating more self-doubt and lack of confidence for the first time than it was creating a space of empowerment. And he took it. He took it because I also shared it with kindness. I shared it with empathy. I understood what he was doing. I understood that it wasn't about me, that it was about how he thinks and how he's trying to process. I also understood that he was a first-time people manager and he was learning as well. So when there's a mutual understanding of where each person is coming from, then we're able to really move forward together as partners versus it becoming a you versus me, this versus that. It becomes you and I, our shared experiences, how we're taking the narratives that we're creating and instead of assuming it, we're clarifying it. And although my work as the unapologetic woman has been so incredibly gratifying and my mission to bring emotional intelligence from abstract to tangible experiences has become so critical and really was what the intention of me being an entrepreneur was from the very beginning, I got sidetracked by getting very niche and getting very focused on empowering women, which is something I still believe in. I absolutely is still part of my core values and it will continue to be something that I continue to do with companies. However, what I want to do now is I want to expand on that. I knew something was bugging me inside. There was an itch that I was having that I'm talking about empathy, but I'm talking about it still at a nuclear level. And I need to expand this. I need to bring in conversations with leaders. I need to bring in conversations with those who don't understand it. I need to bring in conversations and expand the way that empathy is felt and seen and experienced. And this is where my shift is happening. And this is the journey that I want you to join me in, that I'm shifting from the unapologetic woman 
into a space that is all-encompassing in order to really show how emotional intelligence and abstract thought can actually be a tangible experience. So I'm shifting my brand. I'm shifting my business name. I'm shifting the perception of it. But what is not shifting is the values that are intact, the purpose of it to spread empathy, to have empathy as a cornerstone of leadership, to lead through the lens of empathy and to see empathy as a strength and how it impacts our community, how it impacts our consciousness. And in fact, for those who don't necessarily understand it, how it actually impacts your bottom line as well. So as I make this shift and help individuals understand what is the unseen element, where now I'm making shifts in going from the unapologetic woman to being the CEO and founder of RK Empathy, taking emotional intelligence from abstract thought to tangible experiences. I'm shifting away from coaching to speaking, holding engaging workshops and immersive four-day retreats. And I believe it is critical that we start at the beginning, correcting ourselves from the beginning as we're developing our cultures, as we're developing our role as a leader, as we're holding this platform. And to do it in the beginning versus doing it midway or when it's too late and now your reputation is starting to sink and it looks like more of a correction for to save the company versus a genuine understanding of, oh my gosh, I missed the boat on this. So when we start at the beginning and we start to see that, okay, I'm building a company, I'm building a team, I'm a new leader, and I really want to make sure that my team feels invested in, that they are empowered, that we're creating, that we're a high-performing team, all of that. That comes from starting to work on yourself as a leader. And you know, one of the biggest challenges is that when you're a new founder, you know your technical skills. However, the people management skills is a whole other ballgame. And that's where emotional intelligence has now been taken very seriously. And through RK Empathy, I'm going to be working on two specific things. One is to empower new founders and leaders to invoke emotional intelligence and to look at empathy through their lens so that they continue to innovate attract top talent, retain talent, and to expand the way that they are looking at their bottom line and also making an impact in the society and community that they serve. Beyond that, I'm working on a project that I've been holding so close to my heart for the last 10 years. Gosh, 10 years I've been holding on to this idea, this concept and my own imposter syndrome, my own worries, and to be honest, a bit of timeliness as well, that I'm finally ready to develop a virtual reality startup that brings EQ, emotional intelligence, to be a tangible experience. I can't say too much more about this virtual reality startup that I'm founding now, which is so surreal to even say out loud and put out here publicly, but There is going to be a lot coming through with this in the next couple of years and just know that it's happening and I can't wait for it to actually launch. I'm still in the very beginning stages of it and that's why I can't say too much about it. But RK Empathy is going to be something, a company 
that really is embedded in empathy and it's embedded in helping every individual understand, be seen, feel heard, and to understand others, to develop that core relationship strength of emotional bond that is so critical, regardless if you work at a company, regardless if you're interacting personally, and regardless of how you're treating yourself. These are so critical. And one of the things that has really been a driving force behind creating RK Empathy was and is my chronic illness. It is the fact that I have an autoimmune compromised you know, illness. And because of that, and because of that constant chatter, that whether it's from society, whether it's from doctors, whoever, is that, well, you're too young to have this. You know, you don't look sick. You're above the age of your mid 30s. So it's probably more of your metabolism slowing down than it is, you know, this illness that you say that you have. Things like that being said over and over again, this frustration with having to share yourself only met with deep stares of nothingness is when someone feels defeated. So regardless if it's me for my chronic illness, regardless if it was as a mental health therapist working with my clients who were frustrated about having to scream at the top of their lungs or create something where someone can just finally get them, but yet they still are feeling misunderstood. That director, that leader, that VP who is struggling with understanding why their team is not happy and that they can't connect with it or why they're trying everything they're doing and they're just met with this deep stare of nothingness. That individual who's at work who's saying that I have an illness and I need to take a little bit extra and I need some flexibility and being met with a blank stare. Those are all moments that could be corrected. Those are all moments that could, with empathy, have been reducing the shame that that person is carrying, that frustration. So all of these things in my life have pulled me in a direction where RK empathy is ready to be birthed. And today's generation with millennials and Generation Z that is actually becoming the majority of the workforce, data has actually proven and shown that Gen Z they will choose a company and a leader to work for that invokes emotional intelligence and has empathy 87% more than they would choose any other company. Gen Z is continuously evaluating that the company that I work for, what is their social impact? How are they giving back to community? How are they engaging with me? What is their purpose? They are being incredibly critical. The great resignation that we're experiencing right now 60% of employees who are leaving companies are leaving the companies that do not have emotionally intelligent leadership developed. So if you're a new company, if you are a mid-sized organization, if you are a company that's experiencing great resignation, this is your wake-up call. This is your wake-up call to realize that if I want to attract top talent, if I want to attract this new really hungry, excited generation that's joining the workforce. And if I want to really show them that my company isn't just about making money, but it's about making impact. It's about a consciousness. It's about empowering you, developing purpose in you. That is the company that is going to flourish. You don't want to be those organizations that weren't able to keep up with time and be agile. And because of that are no longer in existence. So I am doing in my journey, I am holding myself accountable 
as I'm shifting to a new business name, as I'm shifting and, well, actually, I shouldn't say shifting. I should say expanding. As I'm expanding and as I am realigning with my values and tapping into that thing, that first thing of the reason why I became an entrepreneur, the reason why I felt it was so important that I need to build a business that really shows individuals, people, leaders, everyone, communities, that working through the lens of empathy will actually bring you so much more happiness, joy, fuel you. It will increase the relationships. It will develop a much more kinder society. It'll bring in more innovation is exactly why it was timely for me to start to really be in alignment with having my business name, having my messaging to be in alignment with what the core of what I believe is. And that does include building unapologetic women. That does include building more of a neurodiversity in our companies. That does include looking at the individuals and the people who aren't really sure about it and bringing them into the conversation. So today, I'm expanding my work in empathy through my company, RK Empathy. And as a CEO and founder, I will be continuing to do my research on empathy, on how to bring EQ to be a tangible experience. I will be helping leaders and new founders experience this through my immersive retreats and workshops, where we're not just going to sit around and talk about it, but you're actually going to experience it. You're going to be put into simulated situations. You're going to be engaged in activities that is not just about talk. It's about action. And as a podcast host, I'll be changing the name to Empathic Perspectives and bringing on leaders, philanthropists, activists, celebrities to discuss their vulnerable narrative, discuss their triumphs and challenges to what led them to the path they are on today. I want to know and I want to share with you, not just the glory and the success, but the dark moments, those aha moments, those moments of challenges that brought them to where they are. I want to show you the real them. I want to take them through compassion for self, empathy for others, and accountability for both and how they're creating that, how they're connecting with themselves, how they're creating empathy, and how they're holding themselves and others accountable at the same time. And I'm going to do this by bringing on a guest, doing an hour interview, and creating four episodes out of that so that you're actually experiencing them, not just from this one interview, but understanding how their perspective really falls into this thought leadership that I've created here, this framework of compassion for self, empathy for others, and accountability for both. And I'm really excited because it really expands that conversation with individuals who may not understand it, who may not have reached their aha moment yet, or who are and what they are now doing to use their platform to create that in others. And I'm going to be inviting you to join the discussion and give your perspective on that case study, on that individual that we're going to be following through for four episodes and understanding every chapter of their life and where they are today. I will be bringing you along in this journey as we talk about the latest research, the applied experiences, and the future of empathy in company culture and individual humanity. And the next episode that I will be having will be called Empathic Perspectives with Pyle Berry, and it will be launched in January. And you can follow this journey of how I am shifting from coaching 
to being the founder of RK Empathy that is focusing on developing new leaders and founders through the lens of empathy, as well as maybe sprinkles of the virtual reality tool that I'm building. And my startup experience, being a psychologist, being a person where I always say I'm the doctor of feelings, to step into the world of techie engineering is very daunting. And it's going to bring on my own level of imposter syndrome and redevelop my confidence. But I am so ready for that. And I want to take you along in that journey because what is critical and important is that you see that how I am holding you accountable to creating a more empathic lens and leadership. I want you to hold me accountable as I am doing that for myself, for my company, for my team. And I'm really excited about this journey. It's surreal. I've been quiet for the last couple of months on social media because I've been working through what this really means. How is this going to be creating a legacy? And that's what I want you to do as well. I want you to continually reflect, take that time quarterly, semi-annually, bi-monthly, whatever it is, to always reflect and think back to, am I in alignment with my values? Am I in alignment with the purpose that I came into this work with? What is my purpose? What have I been put on earth for? And I will tell you that as soon as I shifted away from coaching and from saying that I'm no longer going to have these group programs and I'm shifting into creating these immersive workshops and retreats, it has been this flood. It's like I didn't even put it out there and the universe heard me, and it's been an experience that I've been so grateful for. So with that, I want to say thank you to each one of you for being on this journey with me as the unapologetic woman, and to continue on the journey with me as I find my company, RK Empathy, taking leaders and new founders from emotional intelligence being an abstract thought to a tangible experience. And if you're a new leader, if you're a founder, if you are a small business, a midsize, come talk to me. I'm excited to share with you my perspective and how this is going to help you. If you are a individual contributor, if you are just, you know, anyone and you want to learn more about why empathy is so critical, how come, you know, individuals are seeking this out now? Why is it that investment companies, venture capitalists are recognizing the criticalness of leaderships being developed in emotional intelligence. And in fact, making this, some companies, a requirement before they invest in your company. Come talk to me. Let's chat. You'll find me on this journey on LinkedIn, on Instagram. You can look for me there. For now, the next episode of Empathic Perspectives So I should say the next episode with me, with a shift of the name, Empathic Perspectives, will be out in January. And you can expect to hear an incredible person that I'm interviewing and hear their journey as they are creating more empathy and using their leadership platform to serve good. In the meantime, stay inspired and spend the holidays season with compassion for self, empathy for others, and accountability for both. Thank you, everyone. And I'm so excited to share this pivot and share this journey with you. It's a surreal experience. And I want this moment of my vulnerability to be a moment that you take for yourself to say to yourself, what is it that I've been put on this earth for? And what is my purpose? And how am I showing that 
on a day-to-day basis. It doesn't obviously have to be with opening a company or, you know, doing anything massive, but it can be those small steps. In fact, those subtle movements of actively listening, putting your phone down, talking, laughing, connecting with others, hearing someone without letting your own personal bias come in the way. That is how you invoke empathy on a daily basis and give yourself compassion. Thanks for listening to The Unapologetic Woman. If you like what you heard today, then please subscribe so you'll get real-time updates when I post a new episode. And if you really believe that others should be hearing this, then leave a rating or review this episode so others can find it too. And if there's something you'd really love for me to cover or highlight, then head over to my Instagram account at Pileberry. DM me to let me know. I'm all ears. If you want free resources, practical tips, and inspirational stories that I share with my clients, visit pileberry.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You'll get them all. Until then, take a moment to celebrate your journey, reflect, and be ready to embrace your next epiphany.